BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is the City's Podcast. Welcome to the start of another year with COVID and its variants. We're seeing hospitalizations rise with both the Delta and Omicron variants spreading at the same time. But we've learned so much more about the virus since a year ago. We've learned about the safeguards we need, the vaccines available. So are we at the point now that we need to live with the virus from this point forward? Well, you can understand it's a question facing public health professionals, that is, across the country. And we talked with Janet Hill of the Rock Island County Health Department about that. Janet, these latest numbers, these large numbers of infections as well as hospitalizations come two years into this pandemic. I mean, you sit there and go, is it over? Is it ever going to be over? And then another wave occurs. That's right. So we're in the middle of a holiday-related surge. Um, we've had almost 4,000 cases since December 1st uh, and more than 24,000 cases total. The big difference this year is that last year we had 100 deaths in December alone. And this year, while it's not good, it's not as bad. It's 35 deaths. We know that Omicron is highly infectious, more so than other variants. Um, but if you're vaccinated and boosted, the very likelihood that you're going to get extremely sick is small. And right now, one of the biggest issues, of course, is testing. Um, I think a lot of people wanted to get tested in order to visit with family and friends for the holidays. Now, perhaps people want to get tested because they want to get away from winter and go on vacations and holidays. Is, is this seem to be a problem that you're, you see we're going to see all throughout January is the lack of tests available for people who need them? So our healthcare and pharmacy partners have been are testing more horses throughout this here in our region. Other parts of the state and in Iowa, there are different ways to get tests. Uh, you know, in our closest state testing sites are in Peoria and Rockford, um, but they are now going to be open six days a week. Uh, as far as a state testing site here, um, we have not heard of any plans to open one. And let's be honest, I mean, that was one, one of those things that the uh, Pritzker administration uh, 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 put into place for these, these statewide uh, testing locations. And the fact that there's not one in the Quad Cities you had mentioned before is also a point of frustration for people in Rock Island County. That's right. I think that the state looks at it as uh, we are in the same healthcare region as Peoria and that they have put a, a testing site within our region. Yeah, that'd be like telling people in Chicago, go to Kankakee, and that's not going to happen. Let's talk a little bit about what is going on in the Quad Cities right now, because we are seeing this spike. It, it, but is, is it almost entirely Delta and a little Omicron, or are we seeing any Omicron yet? You know, we don't know specifically because uh, 
each test would have to be genetically uh, sequenced to find out which variant it is. Um, what we can't, what we do know is that people who are getting sick and do not need hospitalization have symptoms that are closer to just a regular seasonal cold. Um, they may have a runny nose, they may have a cough, their, their throat might be sore. It's the unvaccinated people who are getting extremely sick and that could be Omicron or it could be Delta. We just know that they don't have protection against either. Well, I'm assuming that you've learned more about the coronavirus than you've ever had hoped. And, and now we're down to the Omicron variant, which seems to be less deadly than the Delta variant, which seemed to be what? Less deadly than the original COVID-19. Is that true? I mean, is it that the variants are becoming more widespread, but perhaps weaker? I think the main difference is that we have highly effective vaccines. So we have about 60% in Rock Island County who are uh, protected. And when you are vaccinated, you are protected from more serious illness and death. So it may not seem as it, that it's as bad, but it is very much as bad for the people who are not vaccinated. We've kind of reached that that point where the people who want to get vaccinated have been vaccinated. Um, and you look at Rock Island County, and I think you pointed out about 60% of the population is vaccinated. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's almost 70% statewide. Why is Rock Island County lagging? Well, I think that you can look all across the country and look at uh, places that have high vaccination rates and places that have lower vaccination rates. And in Rock Island County, we're kind of a mix of both. I think that you know, more in the Northeast, more in California, Oregon, are high vaccination rates. And you know, some places in the South are very low vaccination rates. And, and Rock Island County is a mix. Is it, is it, a, is it a minority thing? Because I know that you've reached out to the Hispanic community and the Black community when it was the original uh, shots. And I, I think that you've been seeing a lag as far as boosters among the minority communities again. I mean, is there going to be an, another outreach or, or are you not seeing that? We are, right now, our booster clinics are uh, pretty full. I mean, we have uh, Tuesdays we do Moderna and Johnson & Johnson and Friday we do Pfizer's. And we are seeing a lot of people come through. Uh, and, you know, and our pharmacy and healthcare partners are also doing doing vaccinations. The difference between now and when we were doing a lot of that outreach is that there was not as much available vaccine in the community. And, you know, now you can go to vaccines.gov and find exactly what brand you need and exactly how far you're willing to travel to get it. It's just more available now than it was in the earlier stages of this vaccination effort. We're also seeing more people, though, if you think about it, because, I mean, it's going down to the age group of five-year-olds on up. Uh, when we're talking about the vaccination of the very young children and school-age uh, kids, uh, what have you been seeing? I mean, is there still a, an outreach there, or, or are the numbers of the youngsters getting the shots going well, I guess? We're doing pretty well on getting the, the children five and older uh, vaccinated. Um, just like at the beginning of the vaccination effort for adults, um, vaccine was not as readily available and is not uh, without as many providers. And so we're seeing supply and providers increase for children. The State Department of Public Health really would like to see children be able to get vaccinated in their primary care uh, physician's offices. 
it's a little bit different vaccinating children than it is adults in a mass vaccination clinic. Basically, if one child becomes upset, you can have a whole room of children becoming upset. So the, the state really wants it to be in doctor's offices. Uh, we do it here um, once a week at our offices on Fridays. Um, right now we are doing an appointment base from nine to four with a lunch from noon to one. And appointments go live on our website at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays. Uh, we are working on plans to make it a walk-in clinic um, in the future, just like with our adult clinics. And it leads me really to the question in regards to schools right now is because the way uh, COVID-19 was treated a year ago was pretty much remote learning, shut down, be careful. And now we're seeing uh, schools reopening or, well, I should say there are a lot of schools that are going remote in some of the larger cities like uh, Milwaukee, I know, did it. Mm -hmm. um, what, what role do you have with local school districts as far as determining uh, whether or not it's safe to go to school or not? We offer advice, but we are not the person, uh, the organization that makes any decisions. Um, we offer the advice that the State Department of Public Health um, and the CDC gives. Um, it's important to note that it, pretty much every child in a K through 12 school district is eligible for vaccination. It's five and older and children are five when they go to kindergarten. Now preschoolers, we're, we're not quite there yet, but everyone in a K through 12 school district is eligible for vaccination. I think I've asked you this before, is the politics, the, the politics, I shall say, uh, uh, that's been involved in this, um, especially when it comes to masks, as well as any type of mandates. Has that eased at all? I mean, are people getting more used to the fact that, okay, we have to get this done, we better get it done? I think that uh, people are starting to realize that their behaviors are not um, going to change or the results are not going to change if behavior doesn't change. And that we know that masking works. Last year, uh, we had a virtually non-existent flu season. And while flu and COVID are very different diseases, they are both respiratory illnesses that are, that are uh, prevented by wearing a mask. And we know that vaccination works for both of them. So I think that people are starting to understand that their direct actions will have an impact on the greater pandemic. Yeah, I think also the uh, use of hand sanitizer <laughs> was also a big issue last year, if you think about it. It's like, I think people that never even used hand sanitizers were using it in great quantities. Tell me about the flu season right now, because I know that it is popping up a little bit in Iowa uh, statewide. Uh, what's going on in the Quad City area when it comes to flu? So the, the state of Illinois does not track by uh, individual cases. We know there are sentinel sites throughout the state, and we know that in our region that includes Peoria, that cases are starting to rise a little bit. We are not to where we were pre-2019, uh, but uh, the flu is out there, um, and we know what prevents it. We know vaccination prevents serious illness, and we know that um, basic public health guidance of washing your hands, staying home when you're sick, cleaning your surfaces will help keep the flu at bay this year too. I think, you know, I think a lot of people were caught off guard in the opposite direction last year when there was almost no influenza um, in the area. I mean, how unique was that? It was historic. Um, and to me, it proves 
just what I said, that masking works. Flu is a respiratory illness. COVID-19 is a respiratory illness. And because of public health interventions, it basically didn't exist last year. Let's talk, and I, I always end with this. Let's talk about the uh, health department and your staff. Um, besides COVID-19, besides the flu, what are you guys working on and, and what type of messages in other areas of healthcare are you trying to get across right now? So because of the pandemic, we have seen fewer uh, children coming in for regular childhood vaccinations. That's just, not just here, our health department, we offer, we do offer those vaccinations, but they're not going into their primary care physician either. And we know that vaccination works um, to prevent these illnesses that people haven't seen in generations because they have been vaccinated. So we're working to get people to understand that that the pandemic is a part of our daily life, but we need to consider other parts of health also. People need to get their children tested for lead. Uh, lead is a, is a danger in a community that has older housing stock like we do here in the Quad Cities. And getting your child tested for lead and getting the, the risk removed from your home uh, is something that must continue, pandemic or not. What do you think about 2022 once we get through this, as you say, holiday surge? I don't know. You're as frustrated as everyone else is in regards to talking to COVID-19. You're very kind to talk to me about it once again. But what do you see for 2022 if you had that crystal ball? I think as long as we get people to take the vaccine and take the booster and follow public health guidance, we will get through this. It, it cannot go on forever. Um, we cannot let it go on forever. And that means that you need to take personal action to help you, your family, and your community. Janet Hill of the Rock Island County Health Department. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.